Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, February 26, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There's plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. So today on this Friday edition, I will give you picks, picks like I do every Friday. Of course, we don't have any NFL games to pick anymore. And the last couple weeks, I've given you some NBA picks. Two weeks ago on Friday, I gave you NBA All-Star Edition picks. Last Friday, I gave you five games, five NBA games with the spread for last Friday night. I did not do very well. Some people tweeted me. Just to remind me, as if I didn't know, but last weekend in the NBA was kind of a, it was an ass-backwards weekend, right? Last Friday night, Golden State lost. Uh, You know, the Celtics, they went into Utah and got whooped. It was just too long a layoff for NBA teams during that All-Star break. I mean, teams had over a week off. That's just too long. So I got five more NBA picks for you today. It will be an NBA edition of Picks Picks. I will close out the show with that. I'll also get into some NHL trade deadline stuff. The NHL trade deadline is on Monday. I think it's 3 o'clock Eastern time. So here's how we're going to do this. Uh, We're going to go over some NHL trade deadline stuff today. But keep in mind, by the time you listen to this podcast, there might already be some moves made that... I did not know of while I'm recording this. And Monday, instead of recording something before the NHL trade deadline, I think I'll just wait until afterwards and we'll start recording about 3.30, 4 o'clock and get it out to you Monday night, sort of an NHL trade deadline recap. But there has been an NHL trade made and I think that it could relate to what maybe the Boston Bruins are going to do as we get closer to Monday's deadline. So I'll talk about that trade that was made in the NHL last night and uh, tell you how I think it relates to maybe what the Bruins could do before Monday or on Monday before 3 o'clock. So we'll get into some of that stuff. There is some NFL news I will get to today. And uh, it's look, it's a big weekend. Big weekend. I'm on WEEI this weekend, as I am every weekend. That's not why it's big. Saturday, tomorrow, 3 to 6. Then Sunday, 1 to 4. Those are my uh, radio hours this weekend on my weekend radio show on WEEI 93.7 FM here in Boston. You can also get it on their WEEI app and on their website, WEEI.com. But uh, it's, it's a big weekend, not because of that, but because... Sully's opens this weekend here in Southie. Sullivan's, sort of a fast food type restaurant at Castle Island here in South Boston. It's really one of the only things that we have left as locals in Southie, right? As local residents, as people who are originally from Southie, born and raised here. We don't have much left that's ours, right? That we can call our own. Sully's is something that we can still call our own. And it closes... It's closed the month of December, January, and most of February, but it opens tomorrow. It reopens tomorrow. I can't guarantee that I'll be there. See, I, I, I kind of wait a couple weeks till they get the early season kinks out of the way, right? I don't, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's just a superstition. I don't know if I've just completely lost my mind, but I, I do wait. I, I usually wait a couple weeks. So I don't expect to be going, but it is a big big weekend to know that it is open and I will be going soon. It just means that when they open, they get the kinks out. That means I'll be there um, probably, I'll give it two weeks. I'll give it, we'll say I'll give it two weeks and then I'll show up to Sully's and, and I'll be a regular customer as I usually am. Also, you know, I'm going to Dominican in, in March, on March 13th for a week. So Sully's might not be the best decision 
to make to go start eating at Sully's every single weekend uh, the next couple weekends before I do leave for the Dominican. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go to the Dominican and, and look good when I'm in the Dominican. You know, eating Sully's every day. It's a little dangerous, but still, it, it, to know that Sully's is reopening, it always is a great weekend because it it lets you know that spring is right around the corner. Uh, summer is right around the corner. And, um, you know, so we get that going on this weekend and I bre- there is some breaking news that I'm seeing here in the, the sports world as I look up at the TV before I go any further. It's, this isn't really at the top of my list. In fact, I don't have it on my list of things to talk about today. Anyways, it's FIFA elects a new president. Gianni Infantino. I, I haven't heard them say it. It's on the TV in front of me. But that is the name that I'm seeing. FIFA elects a new president. Gianni Infantino. I am in full who gives a shit mode on this one, to be honest. It's just not, I I felt like it was breaking news. It's all over the TV. There's my reaction to it. I really, I don't give a shit. I'm not a soccer guy. I'm not going to sit here and crush soccer fans. I I don't, that's not what I do. Um, I mean, just because I don't pay any attention to it though, soccer fans, I'm I'm asking you, don't crush me for that. I'm not going to crush this sport. So don't crush me that I'm not a fan. Like, I don't crush you if you're not a fan of the NHL or if you're not a fan of the NBA, right? Or if you're not a fan of regular season Major League Baseball. So don't crush me if I don't really pay much attention or care much about soccer because I don't. But it is a big story, at least uh, on ESPN. They made a breaking news. FIFA elects a new president. But consider me in full who gives a shit mode on that one. Speaking of full, I got this something I got to get off my chest. And, and... And it's because I saw this this morning, an advertisement on the the new series on Netflix, which is called Fuller House. And I am, my mind is fucking blown on this one because I was watching Jimmy Fallon a couple weeks ago and he did this whole, he was Donald Trump laying in the bed as Michelle on Full House. And the whole Full House reunion was in the room. They had the full cast in there, right? Uh, Danny Tanner, Uncle Joey, Uncle Jesse, Aunt Becky, DJ, Stephanie, Kimmy Gibbler. You name it, they were in there. The Olsen twins weren't in there. Like, Michelle wasn't in there. But, but Jimmy Fallon was playing the role of Donald Trump in the bed in this little Full House reunion. And I thought it was just a one-time thing. Uh, Jimmy Fallon was doing a week of shows in L.A. I didn't know that they were promoting the new show, the new Netflix series called Fuller House, the sequel to Full House, the sequel series to Full House. Uh, big fan of Full House growing up as a kid. And it really brings you back. It's, it's sort of a nostalgic feeling when, when you look, when you see this reunion and you think back of what Full House was and you see them all, you know, some of the kids grown up and, and showing up now. And uh, I just thought it was a one-time thing. I didn't know it was a full series on Netflix, so I had to look it up. And I looked it up right before I got on this show. And it is called Fuller House. It's on Netflix. And on IMDb, here's the description of it. It says, DJ Tana Fuller is a widow and mother of three. Things become too much to handle. So she asked for help from her sister, Stephanie, and her best friend, Kimmy. And when I watched the two-minute trailer on IMDb, it's, uh, well, I tell you what, the first thing that jumps off the screen is Stephanie. I mean, wow. Uh, Now, Stephanie left Full House, didn't she? Didn't she leave? She wasn't around the later years of Full House, right? I think she left. I don't know what the reason was. This is just what I, when I remember back, I feel like she did leave. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I felt like Stephanie at one point during Full House, like, was gone. Like, wasn't there, right? Am I making that up? I don't know. That's just how I feel. But you see her now. And you're like, holy shit. She is smoking. And that's the first thing that jumps off at you when you watch this little two-minute trailer. Uh, The other thing is, they're in the same house, which obviously they have to be. Uh... But everybody's back. And you know what? At the end of the trailer, they leave a voicemail 
they'll, they're shit-faced, it looks like. They say, oh, it's 5 in the morning, let's call Michelle. And they leave a voicemail, and they give the signature Michelle line, you got it, dude. Which, I don't know, does that tease that maybe Michelle could return at some point during this series? I have no idea. They're leaving you on the edge of your seat for that one. But she's not, she doesn't make an appearance. And when I actually look at the cast, I don't see, when I look at the full cast, I do not see her name. I don't see uh, Olsen's on here. I don't. I don't see the Olsen's on here. And I'm looking up and down all over. I've double-checked it. I've looked at it ten times. And you know what's the disappointing thing when you look at the full cast? Well, you see, the main character is going to be DJ. Then you got Stephanie. Then you got Kimmy. They're in 13 episodes, which I assume is, that's all the episodes there are. 13 episodes for them. But when I see that Danny Tanner, Aunt Becky, Uncle Jesse, uh, Uncle Joey are in it, I look to see how many episodes they're in. They're only in like two or three episodes. Like Danny Tanner's only in two episodes out of 13? How can that be possible? Uncle Joey's only in three. Uncle Jesse's in four. Where is... How many's Aunt, Aunt Becky? How many is she in? I'm trying to find her. She might only be in... Oh, no, she... Becky Katsopoulos. She's in three episodes. All right. Um, but I tell you what, I'm going to watch this. I am. We'll see how many episodes I watch, but I'm, I'm at least going to go try and watch the first one. But this is crazy to me. I did not think they were doing a whole series on this. And they're in the same house. Just everybody's grown up. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. But the, the, the one thing that jumps off the screen at you when you watch this trailer, go watch the trailer. And maybe I, I shouldn't even tell you what jumps off the screen to me. I should have asked you and, and had you respond to me on Twitter and, and see if we're all on the same page here. Stephanie jumps off the screen. She does. It's, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't. But um, much like I didn't expect this to actually be a real thing. It's a real thing. I just thought the one-time appearance on Jimmy Fallon was that. He was in L.A. They did something funny. It was a great segment. They actually have a series. Wow. Pretty cool. So, brings you back. But um, enough about that. What, what happened last night? What did I watch last night? I watched the Celtics last night. I watched a little of the debate. The Republican debate. Oh, there are five candidates up there. It's the same shit every single time, isn't it? It's the same shit. Same shit every time. Just less candidates now. I, I couldn't watch the whole thing. And even if the Celtics weren't on, I probably wouldn't watch the whole debate. I watched the beginning. I wanted to see how it was going to go. It was on CNN. Uh, I've watched a good amount of these debates. But it's the same shit every single time. Right? I mean, how many more of these debates are we going to do? At some point, these debates, when's the next debate? Whatever it is, it should just be three guys. Trump, Rubio, Cruz. And that's it. But that, it's got, but even when it's that, it's still going to be the same shit. And at this point, it seems like Rubio, Cruz are just teaming up on, on Trump. Not that, not that I even care. I mean, I don't even know who I'm voting for. Um, I haven't put as much time or thought uh, into this election just yet as maybe a lot of people have. But I, I mean, I have watched the debates enough to tell you that it's the same shit. So I didn't watch most of it. I watched some and then I, I changed it. I had to. Um, I, I watched most of the Celtics. And Isaiah Thomas's pass at the end, sort of no look, over the shoulder. Uh, that's, that's as good a pass as you're going to see in this league. It is. It's as good a pass as you're going to see in this league. And I'm not going to lie, as he drove to the basket, something I want Isaiah Thomas to do because he hit a three late. And then he got greedy and he tried to take another three. And I'm going, that's not his game, shooting threes. I don't, I'm not asking for the Isaiah Thomas heat check. Not in a game that you had a very big lead on Milwaukee last night at home. And you let Milwaukee get back into it because he kept turning the ball over late. And they threw three or four straight possessions in the final minutes where they just turned the ball over, the Celtics. And it was just awful turnovers. Awful. And then, you know, Isaiah hits a three. Right? You got a big three from Avery Bradley. You got a big three from Isaiah. And then Isaiah got greedy. He went to take another three and he missed it. I mean, that's not his game. And I'm saying that and he knows it. 
Then he drove to the basket late on right before this little no-look pass behind the back over the shoulder to the corner. With the, I think it was Crowder hit the three, right? Um, for a big shot there, but a huge play by Isaiah. But I'm not going to lie. Even as he drove to the basket, I'm going, okay, good decision to drive to the basket. But I didn't think he was going to pull off that type of pass. And he was sort of, when he jumped into the air, he was sort of in no man's land. And I'm going, this might not end well. So, it, but it did end well. It ended great. And it's a, a highlight that we're going to be watching for a long, long time. A fantastic pass by Isaiah Thomas. The Celtics win last night. And Amir Johnson's performance early on, it was something that jumped off the screen to me. Because I've been saying for a long time now, where is Amir Johnson? Where is Amir Johnson? Last night, he scored 15 points. Grabbed eight rebounds. Had one block. And he played 25 minutes, but the 15 points, the first time Amir Johnson finished in double digits in scoring since when? I mean, you got to go all the way back to, let's see here, January 15th in a win at home against the Phoenix Suns. He played 19 minutes, scored 13 points. And it was, he was on a little tear there from January 4th, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games. He finished from January 4th. Fourth to the 15th, Amir Johnson finished seven straight games in double digits in scoring. 12 points, 16 points, 12 points, 14, 11, 14, 13. That January 15th game, 13 points, was the last time he finished in double digits in scoring. Well, really throughout the rest of the month of January, throughout all of the month of February, until last night, where Amir Johnson with 15 points. And I know the Celtics like to go small. I get that. But I still think that Amir Johnson could have done some things here at the end of January and throughout February to maybe earn a little bit more playing time. I do think so. I, I, I think he could have, and he hasn't. But it was good to see him last night making his presence felt. 15 points, he had a nice night, and the Celtics win. And when you look at the standings today, the Celtics in that three seed in the East with 34 wins. The Miami Heat below them in the fourth seed with 32 wins. But, uh, you know, that, uh, where you look at the Celtics right now, where you see them in the standings, because of that, there are some people last night and even today that want the Celtics to try and sign Joe Johnson. And I'm sorry, I, I said it on yesterday's show, and yesterday when I recorded, the news was that the Nets and Joe Johnson, they were talking about a buyout. Well, the Nets, since I recorded yesterday's podcast, they have waived Joe Johnson. He can sign with whoever he wants. And I did tell you yesterday that I think Cleveland was going to be a team that makes sense, not just for the Cavaliers, but also for the player. Right? Joe Johnson is 34 years old. He turns 35 in June. He's not the same player, all right? 11.8 points per game. You know, we're still, you know, people are really obsessed with Joe Johnson and calling him all-star Joe Johnson. Well, I'm going to hesitate to do that. I mean, I don't think Joe Johnson, if he came to the Celtics, would help this team get him over the hump and beat Cleveland. I mean, do you? I don't think so. So if that's not going to be the case, and he's not a superstar player, and he's not this all-star that, that he once was, the same type of player. Why would you want him? Why wouldn't you just want to give... See, to me, this is going to be about giving some of the younger players more reps in the postseason to, to get them even more playoff experience. I think that's extremely important. I think that's something that, that you should use to your advantage to benefit these kids that you have and you've committed to. I don't think there's a problem with that. And Joe Johnson, to me, would not be the type of player to get you over the hump. So why, why would you want to bring him in here and take some valuable playoff time away from some of these kids? I don't, I don't know why you'd want to do that. But on top of it, I don't think Joe Johnson wants to come to the Celtics. And we're seeing now that Cleveland, they feel they're the favorites to land them. I agree. I mean, I would think maybe Oklahoma City has a shot, but I think Joe Johnson will probably end up in Cleveland. And you know what? If he wants a chance to win a title, that's, that's where he'll go. That's, that, that would be a wise decision. 
for him to make that move to go to Cleveland. That's where I expect him to end up. But last night, today, to hear people talk about Aaron Boston, that they'd like to see the Celtics get Joe Johnson, I don't get it. I, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, good player still, but... And, and believe, yes, he would help you out. But is he going to help you out to the point where you're going to come out of the East? I don't think so. And if that's not the case, then, you know, you can, because you got to be realistic with this. And Danny Ainge has said publicly that he doesn't feel this team, as, as it currently looks, is a contender for a championship or even as a contender to beat a Cleveland in a playoff series. I mean, they might not even beat Toronto if they play Toronto in a playoff series. And they'd have tough matchups against a Miami, against an Indiana, against Chicago, against Atlanta. Like this, I know that I've looked ahead a little bit here and said, well, if they get that three seed, they won't have to play Cleveland in the second round, which means they could play them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I get that that is wishful thinking that they even get to that round. Just because I say it doesn't mean I'm sitting there telling you they're definitely going to be there. They might not even get out of the first round, for all we know. But if if you look at the Celtics team and you want to be realistic and feel that way, which is, I think that's the way you should feel, like, nothing, no success here is guaranteed in the Eastern Conference, even in a series that's not against Cleveland. You want to be realistic? Then you also have to think to yourself, there's no way that Joe Johnson is going to come into the Boston Celtics organization right now at 34 years old and help this team get out of the East. Like, I just, I don't see it. And if that, if you've come to that realization, if, you, if you've accepted that, then why would you even want to make that move? Because that move is taking valuable time away from somebody else on this roster. And it's a somebody else on this roster that I think you're going to want on this team, you know, and to, to gain some type of valuable playoff experience. I do. So uh, the Joe Johnson thing doesn't make sense to me from a Celtics perspective, but also from a, a player perspective. I don't even know why Joe Johnson would want to come. He's not coming to the Celtics. There's no way he makes that pick. And for people who say, well, oh, it's just another player that won't want to play in Boston. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's other reasons for that. There's other reasons. Joe Johnson is probably going to be in a win-now mode. You're going to a team right now that has... Uh, a, a chance to win a title. The Celtics do not have that chance right now. So there's no need to make that move and come to Boston right now. Doesn't make sense for the team. Doesn't make sense for the player. So we'll see. I think it's going to be Cleveland now. And the other uh, news in the NBA when it comes to player movement, there's, a, there's been a story that James Harden in Houston has been trying to get rid of Dwight Howard That report that he tried to get Dwight Howard traded, but also he's the one that wanted Kevin McHale fired, and the reports make it sound like James Harden is this guy that's walking around storming into the front office saying, I'm the GM. Like, it sounds like James Harden is trying to be the LeBron of the Houston Rockets in which you're not just the top scorer on the team, you're also the coach and the GM, and you're making the moves, you're calling the plays, and you're putting the ball in the basket. You're doing everything. Now, I do think this is a player's league. Star players are going to get star treatment, and sometimes, sometimes, coaches pay for that. They do. Sometimes coaches lose their job because of that. It's much easier to get rid of the coach than it is the superstar player. It is. And when LeBron does it, people crush him. I don't usually crush him because sometimes I think he's making the right decision. Other times I do feel like, you know what? He's earned the right. He is the best in the world. And uh, what LeBron James wants, he's going to get. You might not agree with it, but that's just, that's the reality of the NBA. And if there's anybody that can get away with it, I think it's LeBron. Can James Harden get away with it? Eh, he's not LeBron. James Harden hasn't won shit, okay? He's a very good player, and I'd love to see him in a Celtics uniform. If they are, if Houston is going to blow it up, you give him whatever you want. But they're also saying now, the Rockets CEO has spoken out and said, this is not true. James Harden has not done this, has not tried to, he didn't get the coach fired. Uh, He didn't try to get Dwight Howard traded. Now, if he did try to get Dwight Howard traded, would you blame him? Would you blame him? So I think you might be able to 
to sympathize a little bit with James Harden if he was trying to get Dwight, like if the situation was James Harden was trying to get Dwight Howard traded and Kevin McHale said <laughs> wouldn't let it happen, then I'm James Harden. I'm going, well, these guys both are out of their minds. Okay? So maybe they both need to go. We're not on the same page. It's James Harden and Dwight Howard are definitely not on the same page. You see that alley-oop attempt a couple nights ago? James Harden running up the court. Dwight Howard underneath the basket. Harden throws it up. And Dwight Howard just looks around and, and lets the ball. I think it might have went off the backboard. <laughs> it w- clearly wasn't a shot. But Dwight Howard looks at him. He says, you gonna you got to shoot that. And James Harden's going, no, I'm giving you the alley-oop. And you could just see the frustration that they had on the court with that miscommunication. And, and that was just one. I'm sure there have been many of those this season, even some that might not jump out to the average fan. But, um, you know, if James Harden did want Dwight Howard to be traded, is anybody really going to blame him? I mean, I've sat here for a long time saying, I don't want Dwight Howard anywhere near the Celtics organization. So I don't know why you'd want to play with this guy. I think we've seen that there are players who don't. So I don't know that I necessarily blame James Harden for wanting Dwight Howard to be traded, if that was even true. But the Rockets CEO, that's the story today. The Rockets CEO has come out and denied that James Harden was just... Re- because the, the story portrays Harden as a guy who was just stormed into the front office and said, get rid of McHale as a coach, trade Dwight Howard. This is my team. I'm calling the shots. Maybe he expressed some of those views about the coach and Dwight Howard, and I wouldn't disagree with him with the Dwight Howard part. And you know what? If McHale wanted to keep Dwight Howard around, maybe I would disagree with both of them, and maybe I could sympathize with Harden a little bit. But, uh... James Harden, according to the CEO, he did not storm in and react that way, the way that the story a couple days ago maybe portrays him as this big, tough guy running around trying to get everybody moved, sort of acting like LeBron seemingly acts in Cleveland. I think LeBron can get away with it. If James Harden was acting like that, you know, it's James Harden hasn't won shit, so I don't necessarily know he can react that way and get away with it like LeBron can. So we'll keep an eye on that story. Keep an eye on the Rockets. Just keep an eye on the Rockets. I still would love to see James Harden in a Celtics uniform. He's one of the elite scorers in this league, and like I said, he hasn't won anything. I think he would like to. I think that's what where those frustrations uh, come from, right? Because Houston went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They didn't. They're not winning this year. If you look at the NBA standings right now, Houston is the eight seed. They're a 500 team at 29 and 29. It, it, it doesn't look good for them. If the playoffs began today, Houston would be playing Golden State in the first round, and that would not end well for the Houston Rockets. Not with uh, the way it seems, you know, they have these miscommunications on the court, and you know that's that, that you know that is in the locker room as well. Houston's not in a good place. I'm just telling you, keep an eye on them this offseason because if they are going to move pieces and they are going to blow it up, maybe try to... I guess the phrase you could use is is reset the whole damn thing. Well, maybe maybe you could get James Harden from them. If we're talking about the Celtics trying to make all these blockbuster moves to acquire superstar players, James Harden is certainly somebody I would want the Celtics to to seriously consider trading for this offseason if he is made available. But I just mentioned to you, if Houston got in, If the playoffs began today, they would play Golden State. Golden State last night, a huge win over Orlando. Steph Curry, 51 points. 51 points in the win for Golden State. And uh, the Warriors, 52 wins now on the season, 52-5. and So there's our NBA news. The NBA trade deadline has passed. We'll keep an eye on the NBA, and I'll give you my NBA picks to close out the show. Five games with the spread. And really, I think I only, I'm sticking with NBA. I could give you anything. I mean, I could go NHL, but I just, I like the NBA music. I, I give you the NBA on NBC theme, right? Big fan of that song. And you don't hear it ever. 
Well, you can hear it here. Picks, picks on Fridays. Uh, I had a tough week last week in the NBA, but I'm going to bounce back today with five games tonight. I'll get to that in just a few moments to close out the show, but uh, like I said, it is the NHL trade deadline weekend, and perhaps there was a move yesterday that was made last night that could get the ball rolling. Because one thing we said with the NBA trade deadline last week was there was not that big move to sort of get things kick-started. I thought it would be a Dwight Howard trade. And I told you on this show, I think maybe Dwight Howard, because nobody wanted him, I think maybe Dwight Howard ruined the trade deadline. Because I do think if he was moved and there was a trade market that was set, then maybe you would have seen some other big names moved. But that was not the case. And the NBA didn't have that one big move to set the market. In the NHL, it's a little different. Because yesterday, Andrew Ladd, the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, he was traded back to the Chicago Blackhawks. And this was a deal in which there were a couple players involved. Another prospect forward that goes to Winnipeg from Chicago. But the the, the main part of this that you need to think about is Andrew Ladd 17 goals 17 assists this season goes back to Chicago he was Winnipeg's captain uh, he was a leader on that team and he goes to the Blackhawks a team that's contending and the Jets get a first round pick the Winnipeg Jets got a first round pick that's what you need to focus on because I, I told you when it comes to setting the market at the trade deadline this might do it because teams want to know, well, what is uh, a forward that goes to a team who's in his 30s that is going to help a team with their playoff run? What's the return going to be? The Blackhawks and the Jets might have just set the market, which is a first-round pick. Now, I would have assumed that when you bring it back here locally to a team like the Boston Bruins and where Louis Erickson stands, if you had told me before this trade what the Bruins could get for Louis, I would still tell you, I think they could get a first-round pick for Louis Erickson. For a team that maybe is contending, that you want to send him to, that thinks they could add another forward, that can produce, I I think that you could get a first-round pick for Louis Erickson. I would have said this before Andrew Ladd was traded from Winnipeg to Chicago and the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets, were able to get a first-round pick out of this thing. Uh, Now that we see that happen... It's pretty much confirmed. It's no longer just my opinion. It's a fact. You you can get a first-round pick for a forward in his early 30s who is going to help a team in a playoff run. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I think the Bruins can do with Louis Erickson. They can get a first-round pick for him. They can. So they have a decision to make. And this is, you know, a big trade line, trade deadline decision. And when you look at some of the teams, look, the Bruins right now, if the playoffs began today, the Bruins are the third-place team in the Atlantic Division, which means they'd play the second-place team in the Atlantic Division in the first round, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Bruins host the Lightning on Sunday at the TD Garden, their final game before the trade deadline. Bruins have two games left here before the trade deadline. They play tonight, Friday night in Carolina against the Hurricanes, and then back at home Sunday against Tampa Bay. If the playoffs began today, the Bruins would play Tampa Bay in the first round. You have the Florida Panthers in first place in the Atlantic Division, and then the Metropolitan Division. You got Washington in first place, the Rangers in second, the Islanders in third, the wildcard teams right now, Detroit and Pittsburgh. When you look at not just those teams, but even the Western Conference, here are some playoff teams. Dallas, Chicago, St. Louis, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Nashville, Colorado. I think that most of those teams would say to themselves, yes, we could use a player like Louis Erickson in the tournament, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Absolutely. And, uh... When you look around the league, I don't know how many teams are going to be selling. And if you're the Bruins and you want to become one of the few sellers and you know now that the Winnipeg Jets, they just got a first-round pick and a prospect for that package that that the Blackhawks acquired Andrew Ladd, 
to help make a playoff run. That's a good move for Chicago. Andrew Ladd, he's won two cups. Uh, he's a veteran forward. He won a cup with Chicago. He won a cup with Carolina. And he's played with, with Taves, Kane, won a cup with those guys. They got good chemistry. It's a good move for Chicago. And uh, Chicago absolutely, once again, is putting themselves in contention to be a serious contender for a Stanley Cup. But I think you can look at the rest of the teams. You could look at a Dallas. You could look at a St. Louis. I think you could look at a LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks. Even a San Jose Sharks, right? A Nashville Predators. Colorado Avalanche, even. You know, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Rangers, Capitals. I mean, you could look at all of them. Look at all these playoff teams. I don't need to keep naming them off to you. You could essentially, if you're the Bruins, I think, create a bidding war. Now, that's one option. You know what you're going to get now. The Bruins, the reports as of last night and this morning were that they have made an offer to Louis Erickson. Now, I don't know what this offer is. I don't know what the money is. I, I think I read somewhere that it might be a three-year deal. They might be willing to come to four. I, but it's all about the money to me. This is all about the money per year. What is Louis asking for? How much does he actually want to stay in Boston? Because, I'm sorry, I cannot overpay for this guy, especially knowing now that I can get at least a first-round pick and a deal before the trade deadline on Monday. You know, that is a very, very special thing to be able to do to add another first-round pick. You made three first-round picks last year. You know, you could essentially, if you if you handled this thing the right way at the trade deadline, you could put yourself in position as an organization for two straight years, combined in those two years, make five, maybe even six first-round picks in a two-year span. That's pretty impressive. You know, I don't give Don Sweeney a whole lot of credit, right? I Because I'm, I'm questioning... Like, where they're at and what they're... We'll, we'll, we'll know more about what they plan on doing with this team in the next handful of years this weekend and leading into Monday. We will. But if there's something that he does to move Louie and gets a first-round pick, and then at that point, I think you entertain moving a Zidane Chara and you get a first-round pick for him too, you know, you're talking five, maybe six first-round draft picks in two years. That's pretty damn impressive. Now... The risk there is that, you know, you got guys like Bergeron, Krejci, Tuka Rask, who are in their prime. Bergeron's 30, Krejci's 29, right? Tuka's 28, between 28 and 30. You know, you don't really want to waste their, the years in their prime. I do feel, though, that even in two, three years, these guys are still going to be pretty damn good to the point where you're not going to look at them and say, well, we lost it. The window's closed with these guys. Because if you actually do feel that way about the ages of 32, 33, guys when they're 31, 32, 33, then why would you even think about bringing Louis Erickson back? Right? So don't give me that. Bergeron in three years won't still be a, a, a very good player or Krejci won't. Yes, they will. And I think... With some of these kids, I mean, look, this is a league you can put kids in. Like Pasternak, for example. Um, I look at him, and I look look at that game the other night against Pittsburgh. I mean, this kid shows you he's got all the tools. And you get another season under his belt. Obviously, he had the injury the first half of the season, and that was no good. But he's starting to look more and more comfortable out there once again. And, uh... Who knows, maybe they make a move and they still somehow squeeze into the playoffs because the Eastern Conference is so bad and you get him a little bit more playoff experience. I I don't think that's a bad thing. But I'm not necessarily looking at this thing from a Bruins perspective. As I put myself in Don Sweeney's shoes, I'm not looking at it going, man, I think we have a very good chance to win a Stanley Cup this year, even though the East is bad. I'm not looking at it that way. Got to be realistic. You know, I hope that the Bruins are as realistic as Danny Ainge and the Celtics are as to the team's hopes. And and, and there's this idea, though, that you know they're going to have in that room before they make a trade, and they're going to have the conversation of, well, Bergeron, Krejci, Rask, you know, we got them here in their prime. Do we want to waste their years 
uh, and make them upset by, by making this move and getting more draft picks and then maybe on top of that moving someone like Chara and getting even more draft picks, eh, I would be focused less on, on their emotion because they're obviously not going to be happy. Of course not. But I don't think there's a move out there that you could make that would make those guys happy. I don't, like, like I don't think there is. And that move would be to go out and get a top, top pair defenseman. We're not even, we're not even top four defensemen anymore. Right? We're top pair defensemen. That's, that's what you need if you're the Bruins right now. A top pair defenseman. I just don't think that move is available to you. I did see that uh, Jeremy Roenick, what was he on? He was on some radio show yesterday. I forget what one. I apologize. Uh, I, I I saw someone tweet a quote. Jeremy Roenick. And that's nice of him, by the way, making Boston radio appearances. When he just sort of blew me off a couple of years ago when I was on NBC Sports Radio. Told me he was coming on. No showed. Tweeted me. Apologized. Said we'd do it the next day. Then no showed again then deleted the tweet, then had his PR guy email me and say, well, somebody uh, in the media was uh, bad-mouthing you and said that, you know, you call people out when you get them on the show, so he's not going to come on. We got to pull him from it. They got to pull him from it. <laughs> now, he could have easily said, all right, it's not that big a deal. I'm going to do the segment. We, we agreed to it. I even tweeted him and said, we'll do it the next day. Instead, they pussied out. They absolutely pussied out, 100%. Like, what did they think I was going to do on that show? Call him out about what? I don't fucking know anything about Jeremy Roenick to call him out for. So, I don't know what he's scared of. I don't know what he what he thinks would have been said, but clearly he's scared of something, and I, I have no idea what. Now he's got a podcast, and he's making radio appearances in Boston, and he has awful takes as well. He says the Bruins should trade Erickson for a top four defenseman. I mean, first of all, here's why that's stupid. Louis Erickson, if he gets traded, he's going to go to a team that has a shot to, to, to win it, right? A team that's contending, not a team that's selling a top four defenseman. A team that's contending, I don't think is going to give you a top four defenseman. Now, I don't know, maybe you're in a situation where, I don't know, maybe the Rangers call and... They say, all right, we got Keith Yandel, who we don't think is going to resign, and we're going to try to get something for him now, and we're going to move him, and maybe that's a move, and that would certainly be a top four defenseman. Uh, if you're the Bruins, though, you're not going to make that move because I think you got a very good shot to sign Keith Yandel in the offseason for a hometown discount. And I think that you could say, well, we could do that, and get a first-round pick for Louie by trading him to somewhere else. Trading him somewhere else. So that that's stupid. To any other situation, and I don't know if Ronick, maybe he's in the know and knows something specific, but he is, you know, feed us the information, big dog. He says trade Erickson for a top four defenseman. That just doesn't make sense to me because any team I think that's going to trade for Erickson is a team that's going to want to keep a top four defenseman and probably make the move for a first-round pick instead. And you look at the Andrew Ladd deal, and it brings us back to what the Bruins could do with Louie. And, and I think this would be very tempting if I'm the Bruins to make that move. They're going back and forth, apparently, this weekend about contract and extension. And, and look, I like Louie as a player. I don't sit here and knock him like a lot of people do in this town. I've defended him many times. But everybody's got a price. And, 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 so, and Louie is not an exception to that. As good as I think he is. So we're going to find out how much he wants to stay in Boston. I I think he's going to need to take some type of discount to stay here, or at least he's going to need to be somewhat realistic with free agency expectations and and what this Bruins team has to offer with their salary cap. But if you're the Bruins, you know what? You can get another first-round pick. I I think you have to – I'd be very tempted to make that move if you can get a first-round pick for Louie to make that trade. And then if you're at that point, maybe trade Chara, get another first-round pick, and you're loading up on first-round picks, and you hope a couple of them pan out in a couple years, and you still have Krejci, Rask, and Bergeron, and you're still good enough, and you can also make some sign- some other signings if you need to, right? This way you put your GM cap on, 
And you also got kids in the organization that that you hope can can maybe step up and do something for you next year. So uh I, look, if if there's a deal out there for the Bruins that's going to get them a top pair defenseman, all right, be my guest, do that. Make that move. I'm for that. I just don't think that's there. And in fact, I think they need more than one defenseman. I think they need a couple. And if they can't do that, find a couple to make them contenders, uh, how unrealistic do you want to be here, folks, this Bruins team? Uh, and, and I'm not necessarily telling you that this is going to be this huge, long rebuild. You still got Bergeron. You still got Krejci. You still got Rask. That's a pretty good core right there. That is a pretty damn good core with three players in their prime, who are going to be in their prime still for the next couple years. You got to still like that. With some other young players, like a young defenseman like Colin Miller, you look at at someone like Joe Morrill, you look at Ryan Spooner, Pasternak, this is, I think you still got to feel good about this Bruins team where I I think that maybe the more I think about it, the, the best thing they could do is possibly get a first-round pick for Louie and then move someone like Chara while his trade value is at its highest. You want to move someone like Seidenberg, too? Be my guest. See what you can get for him. It, it's, it's not crazy to think the Bruins could make some moves in a way in which they're selling pieces for first-round draft picks and also still be pretty good next year and the year after that. To the point where in two, three years, they're contenders once again. I think their core of Bergeron, Krejci, and Rask is that good where, where you could make that happen. Even while becoming sellers before Monday. I do. So, we'll see. But the, the Andrew Ladd trade is a big move around the NHL to sort of set the tone, set the market. You know, if you're going to trade a, a, a forward, a veteran forward who's got experience, you know, and especially playoff experience like Ladd does, uh, but has skills to help a playoff contending team, a Stanley Cup contender, then you're going to get a first-round pick for that guy. Which means the Bruins are in good shape if they are looking to sell before Monday. So um, I'll react to the NHL trade deadline on Monday's podcast. Again, I won't be recording until later on Monday. I'll wait till after the trade deadline, the NHL trade deadline, to record that show. Uh, I may or may not be joined by a special guest on that day. We're still working on something there. If I am, I will let you know, and I'll tweet it out over the weekend. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Uh, Before I get to my picks, picks, picks in the NBA for tonight, Couple NFL storylines looking ahead to next week. They have named three judges to the Deflategate appeal, the NFL's appeal of Deflategate, which will be uh, what oral arguments begin next Thursday. The three judges, we know, we know who they are. They've been named to this appeal, and apparently, they ben- these three judges they benefit Brady, according to legal experts. I I don't know. I mean. It's good news, I guess. We'll wait and see. We'll, we'll wait and see if they benefit Brady or not. Uh, but that stuff's going to get going next week. So Deflategate will be alive and well all week next week. And um, with regards to potential moves this offseason, Colin Kaepernick has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. His $11.9 million base salary for 2016 becomes guaranteed on April 1st. So that kicks in, that $11.9 million kicks in to be guaranteed on April 1st. This is, Chip Kelly recently has come out with comments saying Kaepernick wants to stay, uh, he, he likes it here, he wants to compete for the job, and now you're seeing what Kaepernick really feels is that he doesn't want to be in a competition. He wants to be the starter. He doesn't like how it was handled last year. And I love how it's reported, by the way. It's reported, they say, Colin Kaepernick's agents have requested a trade. Well, if his agents request the trade, Kaepernick is requesting the trade. So let's stop saying his agents are requesting the trade, and let's call it what it is. Colin Kaepernick wants out of San Fran because he is upset uh, he didn't get, you know, he, he's upset he got pulled last year. He was also dealing with injuries. Um, 
recovering from surgeries. Look, Kaepernick to me, I'd be willing to give him, give him another shot. I would. He's a freak athlete. He already has played in a Super Bowl at a very young age. I'd be willing to give him another shot if I'm a team out there. In fact, when we look at quarterbacks who are available, you look at RG3, his name's going to be out there this year, this offseason. I'm taking Kaepernick over RG3 any day of the week. And in fact, I have a poll on my website, dannypicard.com, and the question is, where will RG3 be next season? And when I look at the results, most of the results, 67% say RG3 will be in LA with the Rams. I could see that. 32% say the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Not many for the Texans or the Jets. Texans are an interesting situation. I think they might be interested in someone like Kaepernick. Uh, And I could see the Rams getting Najee 3. I could see that. I could see that. I could see the Rams being interested in Kaepernick as well. But Kaepernick, he wants out of San Fran. And um, let's stop saying his agents request a trade. Let's stop calling it what it is. Kaepernick is the one that is requesting the trade. And finally in the NFL, the competition committee is currently discussing eliminating one preseason game. You know, they have four preseason games. Some teams who play in the Hall of Fame game play five preseason games, right? But they're trying to eliminate one so what, they, what they're arguing now is the competition committee, not maybe not arguing, but discussing, is a three-preseason game schedule giving them two weeks off in between the last preseason game and week one. I can live with that. I can deal with that. That's fine. I think the fact that we're hearing them talk about it means it's probably going to happen. So the preseason schedule most likely will be cut down from four preseason games to three preseason games. So uh, without further ado, let's wrap up the week. Let's wrap up the show here with picks, picks, five games with the spread. I'm sticking with NBA. And again, I might just be sticking with NBA because I love this song. Hit the music. Ah, the NBA on NBC theme. Yes. I need to bounce back. I had an awful week last week, but it was an ass backwards weekend in the NBA. All of my games that I'm giving you right now are tonight, Friday night. And first and foremost, I'm going with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are in Toronto to take on the Raptors. What have the Raptors won? Nine, eight or nine straight home games. Uh, The Raptors very good at home. The Cavaliers a two-point favorite in this game. I look at Cleveland, though, and I think this is a small spread. Toronto, I, I like the Raptors. I like what they're bringing to the table this season. Right now, if the playoffs begin today, the Raptors are the two seed in the Eastern Conference with 38 wins. They're only three games behind Cleveland. You might think, well, they're on a hot streak at home. Uh, they, they, they looking up at Cleveland. They're, they're looking at the Cavaliers saying, we can catch you and we're going to help ourselves in our own building. Well, the Cavaliers, they're also sort of trying to prove something right now, which is not just hold on to the one seed while playing the two seed on the road, but the Cavaliers, two games ago, they got beat by the Pistons. So, and they, they bounced back since then. But they also are trying to convince Joe Johnson to come to Cleveland. And maybe it comes out that he's signed with Cleveland before this game even begins. But if he doesn't, Cleveland's looking to put on a show. LeBron's looking to put on a show. Convince Joe Johnson to come to the Cavaliers for a playoff run. They go to Toronto. They make a statement. I'm going to take the Cavaliers as a two-point favorite in this game to beat the Raptors in Toronto tonight. Then I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers, minus four. They're a four-point favorite. They are at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, the Hornets right now, the eighth seed in the East if the playoffs began today with a 29-27 and record. The Pacers, the five seed if the playoffs began today with a 31-26 and record. Uh, the Pacers, six and four in their last 10. Hornets have been very good in their last 10 as well. A seven and three in their last 10. But I'm going to go with the Pacers as a four-point favorite over Charlotte. And then I'm going to go with the Mavericks, a five-point favorite over the Nuggets. This game is going to be in Dallas. Uh, The Dallas Mavericks, if the playoffs began today, they are the 
sixth seed in the Western Conference with a 30 and 28 record. Uh, the Denver Nuggets right now they are 23 and 35. I think that the Dallas Mavericks at home they should take care of business over Denver. I'll take the Mavericks as a five-point favorite. Then I'm going to take the Orlando Magic over the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. The Magic, a two-and-a-half-point dog in this one. They just got whooped last night by Golden State at home, 130-114. to 114. Steph Curry, as I mentioned, he put up 51 points on them. I think that even in the back-to-back, -back, they go to New York now, and... They are going to beat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. The Knicks are not great at home. They're under 500 at home. Uh, and the Knicks are just, they're not a great team this year. So I'm going to take Orlando as a two-and-a-half-point dog to beat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And then my fifth and final pick, the Grizzlies, minus five over the Lakers in L.A. The Lakers have 11 wins. They're the second-worst team in the NBA there's a reason for that. They have done things this year to make sure they lose some games. I'm convinced of it. Uh, I've seen them play. I've seen them bench D'Angelo Russell in big spots. Makes no sense at all. I've seen them keep those guys, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle. I've seen them keep them on the bench in crucial situations. The Lakers are trying to get a top two pick, and they're going to do everything they can. The Grizzlies right now, they're the fifth seed in the Western Conference. I think that they go into L.A., they win this game, and they cover a five-point favorite. I'll take the Grizz in this one. So there you go, my five picks. The Grizzlies minus five. The Magic plus two and a half. The Mavericks minus five. The Pacers minus four. And the Cavaliers minus two. All those games uh, tonight. And uh, real quick, an update here on the Joe Johnson sweepstakes before I close it out. Maybe even more so why I think the Cavaliers are going to come out just in Toronto and they're going to try to send a message not just to the Raptors and the rest of the Eastern Conference but also to Joe Johnson because the report as I'm reading right now that's breaking is that all of a sudden according to ESPN the Miami Heat have emerged as the front runner to land Joe Johnson. I mentioned Miami yesterday as one of the teams I thought could he could be interested in because they are in the middle of that pack in the Eastern Conference. Miami right now is the fourth seed in the East. Johnson might want to go to Miami and just live in South Beach and play in South Beach the rest of the year. Uh, but let's be honest, if he wanted to go to the team that had the best shot to win, it would be Cleveland. But perhaps there's part of him that just would rather live in Miami than Cleveland. LeBron James is going to come out tonight in Toronto and try to send a message that, hey, I know, it's Cleveland, it's Ohio, it's not Miami, but guess what? I've played in Miami, and I'm in Cleveland now, and this is the place that gives you the best chance to win. I'm going to prove it tonight in Toronto, a team that is the number two seed in the East. So, Joe Johnson, here's what we're going to give you tonight. You might want to rethink that whole front runner to Miami situation and come play and have a chance to win a championship with the Cavaliers. That's what I think the message will be, and that's why, uh, really, the reason I am sticking with my Cavs pick at minus two tonight over the Raptors. I am here five days a week. You can listen at dannypicard.com. Also, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere podcasts are available. I am here for you. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Again, I'm on WEI this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday, 3 to 6, and Sunday, 1 to 4. And make sure you go to Sully's. Just because I'm not going to go there for the first couple weeks doesn't mean you shouldn't. And you know what? They're not even paying me to say that. They're not. They're not paying me to say that. And uh, it's funny because last week I went on a rant, little Dunkin' Donuts rant, and... I tweeted it out, and people were tweeting their response to it. Cumberland Farms follow me on Twitter. And, you know, I, I tweeted them back. I said, thanks for the follow. They have since unfollowed me. Cumberland Farms has unfollowed me in a span of a week. I don't know what they didn't like. I figured that they follow me because I went on a Dunkin' Donuts rant, and I think Cumberland Farms has a new venture they're going through. I figured this was some type of partnership they wanted to begin. Apparently not. Cumberland Farms and follow me on Twitter. We'll show them. We will show them. Sully's, I don't think Sully's follows me on Twitter either. I follow Sully Dogs. They don't follow me. I, this, should, this is free publicity for them. I should get a free meal my first time in. 
But my first time in won't be for a couple weeks. I make sure they work the kinks out as they open this weekend at Castle Island in Southie. I am out. I will talk to you Monday. Don't forget, I won't be recording Monday until after the NHL trade deadline. Talk to you then.